Hey guys, Pastor Travis here from Unity Church Magnolia. We are excited that you chose to listen to this podcast. We pray that it will bring you hope, peace, and encouragement for your journey with Christ. God bless you as you listen. Uh, I'm going to begin a new series this morning. I'm calling it a series just because I know I can't get through it all today. You don't want me to get through it all today, I can tell you that. Um, But it's just entitled, Love Well. Somebody say, Love Well. Whenever you look at the teachings of Christ, everything that Christ did on earth was grounded in love. In fact, whenever he was asked, you know, about the commandments, he said, well, the greatest are these. First of all, you got to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Amen? Then we've got to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. And so God is saying, if you can get these two things right. You know, sometimes I think we make Christianity way too complicated. I think we make it just so complicated that it's, 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 man, how can anybody live up to this? But really, Jesus is in the simplification business, and he says, hey, I'm going to simplify the whole thing. If you can do these two things well, somebody say well, then you're going to get it all right. So, so love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And so I want to look at our key verse this morning, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8 says this above all love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins oh think about that friends man if we can learn to love one another guess what if we can learn to love one another we start to get along with one another and you know, God's saying, hey, I want you to learn above everything else, you know, giving and, and charity and acts of kindness and mercy and all of these things. Listen, listen, all those things are going to fall into place if we can just learn how to love each other deeply. God doesn't just want us to love. He wants us to love well. He wants us to love well. He wants us to love Him well. He wants us to love our neighbors well. So that's what we're going to talk about here for the next few weeks. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the opportunity that we have to gather together in one accord. God, I'm going to pause and I'm going to thank you for a church that really displays in the natural and in the spiritual what its name is all about. A church that dwells together in unity. Your word says, where brethren dwell together in unity, that you command a blessing. How good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. I believe that this is a loving church. I believe that this is a kind church. God, I believe that this is a church where peace can be felt and sensed. And God, even when we get things wrong, even when we even when we naturally mess up, God, love covers over a multitude of sins. And God, we just keep on moving forward. God, I thank you for being a part. Thank you for allowing us to be a part of a church like that. God, we thank you for your word, and I pray that it speak to our hearts and change our lives. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Can you give the worship team one more hand this morning? Thank you guys so much. Thank you all so much. Look at your neighbor and say, love well. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude 
of sense. And so we want to first look at this word deeply this morning. Deeply in the original language simply means stretched, zealous, earnest, and fervent. These are, these are the, the words that describe this word deeply. Love each other deeply. And I love the word stretched here, the word that describes this word deeply, stretched. I believe that sometimes if I can learn how to love well, it's almost like God stretches that love around me and the other person and binds us together and and covers over the things that would naturally get on our Because here's what I know. I've been married to my wife almost 17 years now, and there are still things that I do that get on her nerves. Is anybody with me? Uh, what, what was that, Miss Annette? You can't hardly believe it. I know. She's so sweet. She's so sweet. Uh, look, I do things that get on her nerves. She gets, does things that gets on my nerves. When we got married, I remember one of the biggest fights we had right after we got married, and we have had some, I can tell you, we are human. And But the biggest fight we got into right after we got married was which way you put the toilet paper roll. Right? Well, naturally, it's supposed to go over the top because then it just falls, you know, it, it falls right, you know. That, that's what I think. Well, she thought it needed to go underneath. And I thought, well, that just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And so I would turn it around. Oh, she messed up. I'd turn it around. And then I'd come back in there and guess what? It's flipped back the other way. What's wrong with this? But you know what? Love covers over a multitude of her sins. It doesn't matter how bad it is doesn't matter how many times she puts that toilet paper on wrong, and she still does 17 years later. And I quit fixing it, by the way. We just kind of go with it. You know, I had a mentor that says you can either be right or you can have peace, but most of the time you can't be both, right? And so uh, we just pick our battles, right? But love stretches over. It kind of stretches over things. And it's saying, you know what? Those things don't really matter because your love's going to stretch over those things. It means zealous, are we loving zealously? Are we loving earnestly? Are we loving fervently? And so this is what I know is that God's desire is that our love for one another goes beyond our own natural limitations. That our love for one another goes beyond our own natural limitations. Well, well, Pastor, I just don't see how I can love that person. You don't know what they've done to me. That's a serious thing. There are people, I guarantee you, sitting in this room that have been greatly offended by someone. And you may be saying this morning, yeah, I can love my spouse. Yeah, I can love my kids or, 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 or my pastor because I know you all love me deeply and zealously and earnestly. And, man, and, and it, I know it's stretching because there's a lot of things to cover up there, right? And, and, but, but there's this one person, I don't know how I could ever love them. But what God says is if you do your part, he's going to meet your natural with the supernatural, and he's going to allow you to love beyond your own limitations. We are not called to live according to the standards of this world. We're not called to live according to the limitations of this world. I believe that God wants us to live a supernatural life. Can somebody say amen? And that just doesn't mean signs and wonders and miracles. That means that we live above the standard of this world. Sometimes you've got to pray for God to love through you. Oh, yeah, I can't, man. You don't know. I, there, I, I can't do it. 
but God can love through you. There have been times where I have planned it all out in my mind, what I was going to say to that person. Oh, when I see them, I'm going to give them a piece of my mind. You know what I'm saying? Now, I'm looking at a bunch of people this morning, and I know you ain't going to get religious on me. I know you've been there. When I see them, oh, we're about to set the record straight. I done turned one cheek. I might turn a second one, but I ain't got a third one. You know what I'm saying? And so, and so we, we, you know, and we get into this this thing, and we get it all figured out. I've been in situations where I've had it all figured out, and then I see the person, and guess what happens? Holy Spirit loves through me. You smile. You 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 embrace. You. You know, it's, it's what God does because he's bigger than your offense. Listen, some of you have been hurt deeply and shamelessly. Some of the things that go on in our society today, it's, it's a shame that you could ever be hurt so badly. Even in the church, you could be hurt so deeply even by someone in the church. But God is saying this morning, that he wants to set you free and he wants to love through you. Because you are a vessel and you are a conduit. You are not your body. You are not your mind. You are not your soul that got hurt. You are spirit. You are a spirit that has a body and a mind. And God can love through your spirit. Can somebody say amen? Sometimes godly love can be uncomfortable. Now, I learned that in church. Oh, I did. Because I'm the kind of guy that I kind of like my space. I kind of like this little, this, you know, arm's length kind of space. That, now, I'm just telling you, naturally, that's the kind of guy I am. But, but in church, everybody wants to hug, you know. Now, you, you know it's true. Everybody wants to hug. And, and, and everybody's hugging on you and everything and loving on And at first, I was like, this is kind of weird. I don't even hug my family this much. No, I'm just kidding. I hug and love on my kids and kiss them all over. I mean, it's just, we have a, we have a big time. But, but you know what happened? God, God through, through the love of the church and the love of the Spirit, guess what? Now, now I, I, I love all that. I love all that. I'm not going to tell you that I'm excited about every hand I shake. I'm not going to stand up here and lie to you about it. But I am going to tell you that I love that because God has taught me how to love and how to show affection and how to show, show kindness and how to, how to embrace and how to bring people in. And one of my favorite things now to do is to go up and get a hug from Miss Ruby every Sunday. For one thing, she tells me how good looking I am. I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> Tell him the truth. Is she telling the truth? I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> Somebody say, I need to love deeply. Godly love should be passionate, not passive. Godly love should be passionate, not passive. You know, sometimes passiveness can get you in a lot of trouble and and you have people who have been married a long time and I think it's a shame that the wife has to ask her husband do you love me oh I told you I love you 30 years ago at the altar oh man that's passive that's passive love should be passionate 
Whenever I fell in love with Pamela, I made sure she knew it. I drive from Bogkal to Macedonia just to take her a drink or a one rose. I couldn't afford 12 of them, but I could afford one. And I would take her a rose to where she worked or a flower or something like that. You know, I mean, I was passionate about how I felt about Pamela. How many knows the first commandment is to love the Lord your God? Let's just go ahead and say passionately with all your whole with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. You know, whenever I fell in love with her, it, it became evident to her. She knew without a doubt that I was in love with every, everybody. Hey, those, those of you that knew us back then, can you say amen to that? Okay, thank you very much. They, they were with us through the journey until Pamela got it all figured out that she loved me too. Somebody say, I need to love well. <laughs> don't, be, don't be passive. God doesn't want us to be passive with him. Now, God knows all things. I, I, I realize that. I understand that. I understand that God knows the inner part of me before I know the inner part of me. I understand that. So having said that, having said that, just to paint a picture this morning, I would hate for God to have to be saying, I wonder if he really loves me or not. Now, I know he knows. I understand that. But are our actions, are our words, is our lifestyle reflecting passionate love for Jesus Christ? I think that's a question we can ask this morning. So I want to start off with a few points this morning. In order to love well, we need to understand the love well. The love well. And I'm going to explain that with Ephesians 3, 14 through verse 19. Ephesians 3, 14 through 19 says this. When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources. Man, I could just get excited about this verse. He will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Now, that's exciting. In verse 17, it says, listen, this is the purpose of God's glorious, unlimited resources that's going to empower us with inner strength. is all for verse 17. It says, Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Listen to this. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all of God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep His love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Here's what we just read. God is saying, hey, I'm go, I've got glorious unlimited resources to make you strong on the inside. And, and then you're going to get to know me for who I really am. And you're going to get to know what my love is all about. And it says your roots are going to grow down into the love of God. And it's going to make you strong. Listen, I think a lot of times the reason people stumble and fall away from God and walk away from God is because they never let their roots grow down deep 
into the love of Christ. Now, I can paint this picture for you a little bit easier because sometimes it's a little bit hard to judge uh, whether someone is, is really living for God or not living for God, but, but we can look at it in, a, in something that we can see. We live in the south in the Bible Belt, right? And it is a common custom of the Bible Belt for someone to stay at a church maybe a year or two and then go to a different church for a year or two, then go to a different church for a year or two, and then they make a cycle. We call that in the Bible Belt church hopping, right? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And, and I'm not looking at anybody. I'm not looking at anybody. I can't even see anybody because the lights are so bright. But I can tell you this, that if you're, church, if you're church hopping, your roots aren't growing down deep, right? And so what happens when you don't let your roots grow down deep in an established, in, in the church that is, that's established is, is what happens is Mikey says something that offends me, and guess what happens? It knocks me down and I go somewhere else. And I transplant and I plant my root, I, I plant my, myself there, and, and, then, and then I get offended. Right? Oh, you can't, I can't believe she done said that to me. I'm going somewhere else. It's a church full of hypocrites. And so you go to another church that's full of hypocrites and you plant there. Right? Your roots aren't growing down deep. And so the storms that come and people being people, and people can be dumb sometimes. If you don't believe it, look to your left and right and you'll see at least two dumb people. Now, now, now everybody look forward, and you're going to see at least one dumb dude up on the pul pulpit. You know why? Because God created Adam and Eve in his own image. He created them, right? Perfect, flawless, blameless. He created, listen, he, he created them to be exactly how he wanted them, and they still messed up, right? So we understand people, in, in fact, I'm going to set some of you gloriously free according to the riches of his goodness this morning. I want you to look to the person on your left and say, I understand. At some point, you're going to mess up. Now, I want you to look at the person on your right and say, I understand. One day, you're probably going to hurt my feelings. Now, I want you to close... <laughs> I want you to close your eyes and say, I understand. I'm not perfect. I'm going to mess up. But thank God for his unlimited, glorious resources of love that he lavishes on me. Can somebody give God praise this morning? If you go into it knowing that we're not perfect and we're going to, let each other down from time to time. But we understand how deep his love is for us, then maybe that will help us to love one another beyond our own mistakes and failures. And we will learn how to love the way God wants us to love. Somebody say his love is deep. So Ephesians 3 verse 18 says, and may you have the power to understand as all God's people should. That means this is elementary stuff here. 
This is like the ABCs for Christianity. This is something we should all understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. And then verse 19 says, may you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully, maybe we can at least understand it just somewhat enough to where we can be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. One more time, say, God's love is deep. So the word love in Ephesians 3.19 says this. It comes from the Greek word agapeo, which is where we get the word agape. Agapeo means to take pleasure in, to long for, or to love deeply. And so he's saying, hey, I want you to be able to understand how high, how wide, how deep, you know, how, how great. God's agapeo love is he's loving you he's loving you in a way that that he doesn't just love you because he has to because sometimes I'm like God I know man this is one of those days you just gotta love me just because you said you would because I know I'm I messed up but God I thank you for your love no that's not the kind of love that God has for us it says he takes pleasure in loving us it brings him pleasure. That's awesome because there's people that I love because I have to and there's people that I love because I want to. Is anybody with me this morning? Or is it just me and I need to go look in the mirror for a little while? That's possible. But God's saying, I love you because I want to. It says that he longs for or to love deeply. This is the kind of love that God has for us because his love is deep. And so number one this morning, if you're taking notes, it's for you there on the back of your bulletin. This morning, number one, agape is the highest form of love and is too great for us to ever understand fully. There's not enough sermons. There's certainly not enough songs. There's not enough Sunday school lessons or Bible studies that we can ever have to help you to grasp and to understand how great his agape love is for us. We will never understand that. In verse 19 of our text, it says it's too great to understand fully. John 3.16, a verse that we commonly quote. I love how the New Living Translation words this for us this morning. It says, for this is how God loved the world. I just love that intro to this thought that we quote so frequently in the church. Hey, this is how... This is how God loved the church. He gave his one and only son, the only one he had, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. We can couple that with John 15, 13 that says, There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. There's no greater love than that. There's no greater love than that. Now, I understand the hermenology and the, uh, all, all, the, all the concepts behind the scriptures and, and all of this, but, and I understand that we serve uh, a three-in-one God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and how, how he, He's all God by Himself, and, and, but He's three in, in one. And, and we teach all that, and, and we teach the, all the divine aspects of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so we're reading the Scripture, it says, there's no greater love than to lay oneself down for His friends. 
But can I tell you this, John 3.16, it says that God the Father loved the world so much that he gave his son. His son. Can I tell you this, that I would rather lay down my life than to sacrifice my son's life. Is anybody with me this morning? I would rather, I'm not just saying that, and I don't want any alls. You're such a great dad, you know, or, or, and you, because you would probably do the same thing. And we understand that not only was it God's son, but it was a part of the triune God. And so when we think about that, not only was he giving his son away, he was giving a piece of himself away as well. No greater love, no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You see, God's love is so great, and, so, and I don't even want to try to dive into the depths of that concept this morning because the Bible plainly says it's too great for us to understand. But here's what we know out of all of this. Not only is God's love deep, God is love. Everything about God is wrapped up in that agape love. God is love. Somebody say, God is love. 1 John 4.16 says this, We know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in His love, and it's because of this. God is love. And all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. One more time, say, God is love. 1 John 4.18 says this, Such love has no fear. Because perfect love expels all fear. And if we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced His perfect love. If there was one thing that I could pray for you this morning, and we will, is that we will all come to know God's perfect love. Because we view love by the way we love. We also view love by the way we have been loved by others. And we form a manipulated view of love because we have been loved imperfect, imperfectly. Is that a word? I don't even know, but let's go with it this morning. How about it? Some of you have been hurt very deeply by people you deeply loved. Therefore, you have a misrepresentation of what perfect love really is. But can I tell you that God's perfect love, for he is love, will never let you down. He may not always do things the way you want him to. He may not always come through when you want him to. He, things may go in a complete opposite direction than you thought they would when, when you're following him. But I'm telling you this, that his love will never let you down. For it's perfect. It's perfect. Somebody say it's perfect. I know that God's desire is that we come to know fully His perfect love. Somebody say God is love. And so we know that His love is deep. And number two, we know that it is God's desire for us to experience the depths of His love. 
That's his desire. He doesn't want to just say, hey, I've got perfect love. I love you. That's enough. No, he wants us to experience. He wants us to dive deeply into the love that he has for us. He wants our roots to grow deep. In verse 19, it says, may you experience. Somebody say that word experience. The love of Christ. How many of you would say that you have had an experience in your life where you knew without a doubt God was showing his love to you? Like he, it was just something. And, and so I was, I, man, I loved it, and, and I'm going to tell it. The other day I was fishing with Tim, and I love fishing with Tim because he keeps it, he keeps it God-centered, at least when I'm in the boat. And um, no, I think he does all the time. And, uh, and he, was, he was catching some awesome fish. I mean some fish, fish like I've never caught before. And um, he was catching big bass. And, and, and he caught, I think, 15 or 16, 16 of them, I think, that day, if I'm not mistaken. I caught zero. <laughs> I don't know if you heard her. She said she, we've see we seen it on Facebook. I caught, I caught nothing, nothing. But there was a time, there was a time when, when Tim caught a fish and uh, it was a big one. I think it was eight point eight eight pounds two ounces, and um, bass. And he was reeling it in, and while he was reeling it in, I mean, it it looked like a monster to me. And then all all of a sudden, all of a sudden, his his reel backlashed everywhere or something. Like I mean, line was just flying, and and we thought the fish was gone. I mean, we just basically given up on it, and he's he's pulling line and pulling line and pulling line and and getting it fixed. And I'm over there saying, "Man, I wish I could have seen it." I'm just being honest. I wasn't saying, "Oh Lord, let the fish still be there," uh, you know. But he got his reel fixed. Took probably a solid minute. Got the reel fixed, and started reeling in, reeling in all the slack. Obviously, a little disappointed. And then all of a sudden. He's still there. He's still on out there. He's still on right there. If Charles had been in the boat, we wouldn't have understood a word he said. I can promise you that. <laughs> love, love it, love it. And he pulled, he pulled that fish in. We took some pictures. And, uh, and it was awesome. For me, it was an awesome moment. I, I loved it. It was an awesome moment. But what I love more than that is whenever I turned around and Tim was on his knees in the front of the boat thanking God for being so good to him. That's what was the most awesome moment of that trip to me was that Tim saw the goodness of God, the love of God displayed through a fish that he desired to catch. I'm telling you this, every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above. How many knows God likes to for you to experience his love? Somebody say, God, wants me to experience his love. It could be in the form of healing, provision. It could be in the form of a hug at the right moment. It could be in the form of a letter in the mail uh, from an encouraging friend. It could be in all different ways, but God wants you to experience his love because God's love is inviting. It's inviting. He's pulling us into his love. James 4.8 says, he says, come close to me. Come close to God. And God will come close to you. Wash your hands, your sinners. Purify your hearts, 
for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. God's saying, hey, don't, don't let your love be divided. I want you to come into me. I want you to come in close to me. And as you come in close to me, I'm going to come close to you because God's love is always inviting. Not only is it inviting, it is refreshing. God's love is refreshing. In, in John 4, 14, it says, but those who drink the water that I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. I am convinced that revival is simply an outpouring of God's love. We say, man, we want the times of refreshing. We want times of renewing. We want times of revival. What we're saying is, God, I want you to pour out your love on us in a way that you haven't in a long time. Really, even more than that, more than God pouring it out, God's saying, I want you to dig the wells of revival. I believe that God is saying, I want you to dig deeply into my love. And the deeper you get into God's love, the more you get to know him. I promise you this, that every revival that I've ever been a part of, every revival that I've read about, all started with people becoming hungry for the love of God. God, I want to know you more. I know there's got to be more to you than I've experienced before. I want to know everything there is to know about you, God. We want to, we, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't start with people at the altars praying, God, we want people to be saved. Now that happens because the deeper you get into God's love, the more you realize that he wants people to be saved and come to know him. But it starts with just people saying there's got to be more. There's got to be more. I don't know how many people are sitting in seats today in this room because at some point in time you ask the question, God, is there more? Is there more? You come, there's people in this room from Catholic backgrounds. There's people from Methodist and Baptist backgrounds. And it all happened because you at some point said, there's got to be more. God. What is it? And most of you started to open your Bible and read and began to find out there is more. Not because there's anything wrong with any of those other denominations because heaven's going to be filled with people from all kinds of denominations. And I'm thankful for that because I don't, look, I don't want it to be boring. I, I, I want to have all kinds of variety. But it, 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 there's, there is there is truth in a principle that says if you begin to seek for more, you're going to find it. But if you're not seeking, guess what? There's nothing to be found. Somebody say God's love is deep. It's deep. It's inviting. It's refreshing. Number three this morning in your notes, and finally, it is in the depths of God's love that we are made complete. It's in the depths of God's love that we're making complete. Yes, God's love is deep. His agape love is too great for us to fully understand. We understand that God wants us to experience his love, but it is in the depths of God's love that we are made complete. Ephesians 3, 19 says, Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. When? When we come to understand how high, how wide, how deep his love is for us. You see, God wants 
to show you his love so that you can be made complete and experience the fullness that comes from knowing him. What does that mean? He wants to heal your hurts. He wants to set you free from bitterness and unforgiveness. He wants to set you free from fear because perfect love casts out all fear. He wants you to be complete, realizing that you are a son or a daughter of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And you are also heirs according to the promise of Abraham. That God says, I want to bless you. I want to prosper you. I don't want to harm you. I want to give you a hope. I want to give you a future. I want to show you my good, pleasing, and perfect will for your life. All of that comes from digging into the love of God. I believe that God wants to heal some of you even this morning from hurt, from disappointment, from frustration, pain, regret. All of those things fade away in the well of God's love. But the, the key is, is you've got to dig it. Worship team, if you guys would come. You see, God wants us to experience the depths of his love, and he wants our roots to go deep. But, but the truth is, you are responsible for digging the well. You are. You get to decide, and I get to decide, how deeply I go into the love of God. How deeply I go into the love of Christ because, because his love is available to all of us. It's like a spring that is constantly flowing. Whenever I was in the sixth grade, my family moved into the country and there was, there was no water. And so we had to dig a well. And we had to keep digging until we hit a natural spring that would keep that well full. And that well stayed full. Because the more water we used, the more water flowed in. It's like that with the love of God. God wants us to dig the well. And here's how we do it very simply this morning. As I said, this should be elementary. The Word says that this is something that all Christians should know and understand. Number one, we read the Bible. Well, why am I instructing a room full of presumably Christians this morning that you should read the Bible it's because statistics say that the church isn't reading the Bible. Does that mean time for me to quit? Is that what that is? I think um, burgers are ready, I think, is what that means. Um, so uh, it is. Somebody set an alarm for 12 o'clock. Thank you. Number one, read the Bible. That's funny. But here's what Psalms 1 verse 2 said, that you want to be blessed you got to meditate on that word day and night. Is it consuming our thoughts? Is it consuming our thought life? You know, if, if you're falling in love with teenagers one day, one day, one day, you're going to fall in love with Mr. Wright or Mrs. Wright, right? One day. And, uh, and when that day comes, you're going to be thinking about them a lot. And the question is, are we thinking about God a lot? Or is it like, oops, oh yeah, it's Sunday again. I need to go see Jesus, right? Somebody say, read the Bible. We need to know what it says. It's so funny, they did a video back when they were really taking the Ten Commandments out of public places 
they did a video it's pretty humorous people were fighting outside you know and, and protesting and picketing you know you, you know can't take the word of God out of public places and people were rallying around that and everybody was shouting and carrying signs and then reporters went out and said sir can you name me the Ten Commandments and they might name three they don't even know what they said somebody say read the Bible that's why children's ministry is so important because our children's pastors Pastor Donna Pastor Tim did a fantastic job. Miss Sissy's done a great job for years. Pamela's doing a great job this morning of teaching the Word of God to our kids. But we as parents must understand and know that what our kids are receiving on Sunday mornings and Wednesdays nights is not enough. We've got to take the lead role in teaching our family and our children, children the Word of God. Number two, we need to have a conversation with God that means when we pray we don't just talk but we also listen God wants to speak to you not just through me he wants to speak to you he does that through the Word of God and he does that in your quiet times with him meditating on the Word of God he have a conversation have a conversation with God number three pray in the Spirit the Bible says this in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 10. It teaches us that spirit speaks to spirit. What praying in the spirit does for you, it's not some, some you know, mumbo-jumbo or something. What it is, it's allowing your spirit to communicate with spirit. Because what I found is a lot of times when I'm praying in the natural, whenever I'm just praying I'm, what, what's happening is I'm praying my will. I'm praying my thoughts. I'm praying what, what I want to see happen, what I think should take place. And, and so whenever we can begin to pray in the Spirit, God, this, our Spirit begins to pray through us. And then a lot of times when I'm praying in the Spirit is whenever I'm receiving things from the Spirit of God and I begin to see things clearly. Read the Bible. Have a conversation. Pray in the Spirit. Number four, worship not just on Sunday mornings. Worship. God told the woman at the well, he said, hey, anyone who drinks from this well will never thirst again. Remember he said it will be like streams of living water bringing eternal life to those who drink. And so we understand that. But then he also said to her, he said, for God has been looking to and fro over the earth, looking for someone who would worship him in spirit and truth, he said, there's coming a day where people will worship like that. I'm telling you that God wants us to worship in spirit and truth. And if the only time we are doing it is on Sunday morning, then can I tell you we are worshiping with hypocrisy in our hearts. Because we're saying, God, I think you're good enough to worship on Sundays, but I haven't thought to worship on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. But here I am in the midst of a bunch of brothers and sisters, and I'm going to lift up my voice. No, man, I'm telling you, get in the habit of worshiping God on a regular basis. One of my favorite places to worship God is in my car. Because nobody's around, nobody listens. It doesn't matter if I stumble on my words. It doesn't matter. And I can just be going down the road saying, God, you're so good. It's simple. God, you are so good. You've been so good to me. 
God, I thank you. That's when that's when I'm not usually praying as much in the car. It's when I'm worshiping. It's God saying, man, I'm thankful for my family, God. I'm thankful that you gave me five beautiful children. I'm thankful you gave me a beautiful wife. I'm thankful that you gave me a church to pastor. That's the time that I usually spend worshiping God. There's other times too, but that's just a common thing for me. We need to spend time in the Word of God. We need to have conversation with God. We need to pray in the Spirit, and we need to worship. These are things that we do to dig the well into God's love. I promise you, if you spend time in all four of these things this week, you're going to get to know God in a way that you haven't either in a long time or that you have never experienced Him. God is wanting you to dig the wells of love in your life. Can somebody say amen? Would you stand up and give the Lord a hand clap of praise for His love this morning? Thank you, God. Hey, guys. Pastor Travis here with you again. I pray that you were encouraged by today's message. Also, I would like to invite you to check out our website at ucmagnolia.com. There you can see what's going on at the church, and you can give online and be a part of what God is doing right here in Magnolia and around the world. Also, we would like to invite you to join us in worship on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. God bless you, and we hope to see you soon.